This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, uh, of course, let's include the old sous chef of the garden, yours truly, Frank Proctor. Hi, oh. good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, also Charlie. known as the undergardener. Yes, and David Gaskin, our producer, he's been hard at work already, before we hit the airwaves even. The lines are jammed. Spring has sprung. Yeah. <laughs> and the grass has riz. I wonder where my money is. Well, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't that how it goes? That's I, how it goes. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we get off into any tangents, a okay. few quick announcements, because I can tell this is going to be a busy show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Just a reminder, and I did get some email on this as well, the Riverdale Horticultural Society is selling large bags of worm castings. You can't get a better soil amendment than worm castings. Now, they're selling these large bags for only $10. These bags weigh between eight, sorry, 60 and 80 pounds. Holy cow. That's so a lot. Of, it's a lot of castings. Yeah, castings. And, and it's uh, would do make a real difference in any garden. No castings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. So, uh, for more information, and just a reminder, the deadline is May the 9th. So, for more information, email RHS, which stands for Riverdale Hort Society. So, mm-hmm. RHS, all one word, worm castings. RHS, worm castings at gmail.com for more information that's if you want to get a hold of some of that lovely castings oh kidoki no castings all right uh now rbg arboretum we've got all kinds of plant sales going on so royal botanical gardens at the arboretum which is the old guelph road in dundas you can shop at the 36th annual spring plant sale it started uh, yesterday, but mm-hmm. it's on today from 9 until 12.30, and then tomorrow, again, Sunday from 11 until 4 p.m. Ask Advice, of course, it's a quite an organization. 36 years, these people know what they're doing. So they've got master gardeners on site for uh-huh. advice. They've got all kinds of plant experts, staff at, from the RBG. They, of course, have lots of food for available food available and they have vendors you can, there's an incredible selection of past favorites and unusual plants they take visa mastercard debit checks and cash so you know they're organized view the plant catalog at www.rbg.ca and get out there and shop speaking of plant sales the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is hosting their plant sale tomorrow from noon until 4 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens we know where that is, Lawrence and Leslie, southwest corner. And the good news about TBG is the parking lot that has been under construction for months is now complete and open, so there's lots and lots of wonderful parking. <laughs> I, I could see you, you, you had been uh, somewhat frustrated with that. Oh, over myself the, uh, and others, yeah, yes, yeah. quite frustrated because it was just not pretty trying to get in and out of TBG for the last little while. But it's a really beautiful parking lot, and, of course, it's a... 
environmentally beautifully designed. It's all, mm-hmm. you know, with swales and bogs and cleansing of the water. Swales. Swales. Wow. <laughs> the term you're using, golf, you know, a little uh, swale in the green. Exactly. Well, this has yeah. swales that are like a ditch, right, where the water runs off. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's not just going into a culvert and then down to the river. It's all about filtration and biocontrols and cleansing of the, you know, gassy, oily water. Who knew that we could get that much out of a parking lot exactly. from you? Well, Honest to God. It's, ama- it's a really, really amazing state-of-the-art parking lot. So just go to admire the parking lot, if nothing else. <laughs> I can see people you know, planning the whole weekend. Let's go to that parking lot. I can't wait to see it. It's not your average parking lot. No, However, while you're there admiring the parking lot, do check out the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society plant sale tomorrow from noon until 4 p.m. Now, of course, choice shrubs, select perennials, alpine treasures, color for shade and sun, fabulous foliage, and vendors, vendors, vendors. For more information, www. On Rock Garden. So one word, onrockgarden.com and then slash plant sale for lists and vendor details. This coming Tuesday, May the 8th, 7.30 p.m., Scarborough Garden and Hort Society general meeting and free lecture with Eileen Barkley, and she's speaking on xeriscaping. All right, do you know what xeriscaping is? I have no idea. Have you ever heard of Xerox? Yes. Okay, so what do you think Xerox stands for? Copying. Correct, but yes. it was a special kind of copying, because prior to the Xerox, what kind of copying did we do? Gestetner. Exactly. Yeah. And do you remember how, like, a Gestetner was like, chung like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, a drum. Yeah. And yeah. remember when the pages came off, they were wet, and oh, you had to dry purple, them? Oh, purple, purple ink. Uh, yeah, and they smelled. Yeah. So what was the difference between Gestetner and Xerox? Because Gestetner was a wet copy, and so Xerox... So a dry copy. Exactamente. <gasps> so Xerox, Xeriscape. Bing stands for drought tolerant garden design. That was a long way to go for that, I, my right. lord. Just trying to make the connections for you. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so uh, Eileen is speaking on Xeriscaping Your Garden. So she'll be giving all kinds of advice on designing and planting, using minimal amounts of water, and having a beautiful garden. Of course, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meets at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Everybody's welcome. Refreshments are included. And just one more plant sale next Saturday, 12 noon... No, May the 12th, so next Saturday from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Northwest corner of a John and Bayview, which is uh, the Thornhill Community Center's parking lot. And so, yeah, plant oh, sales, plant but, sales, plant But their sale. parking lot doesn't measure no, up, no. not even uh, close. Betcha. <laughs> no. Quick, uh, before I forget, because, you know, this is very important, my mom is listening. and Dolly. It's big shout out. Mom uh, um, hasn't yet celebrated, but mom, mom's 84th birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Well, Dolly, happy birthday to you, sweetie. And we're celebrating tonight yeah. at my house. We're having a we're having a get together. So that I'll be bringing yeah. mom and dad up for uh, and uh, for the evening. And um just to segue into something else, I did give you know how Taurus people are. They like to not only celebrate their birthday for one day, but preferably for the entire month <laughs> because they're just those kind of people. Yeah. So I dropped off a beautiful blooming gardenia tree for my mom earlier this week because she loves gardenias. 
And I got that from a Loblaw event, mm-hmm. which was a pre-season, get the see what's going on at Loblaw. So later in the show, we have Peter Cantley joining us, who's the vice president of Lawn and Garden from Loblaws. And he's going to give us the inside scoop on the Insider's Report. Oh, I love reading that. Thing. Which is coming yeah. out next Friday. So, yeah, Good. lots going on. Okay. Well, we shall return. I did give the phone numbers, did I, or did I not? I don't think it is. Probably not. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you very much. 416-360-0417. No, pardon me. Um, Zero. Gosh. I wrote it down incorrectly. 360-0740. There we are. And uh, anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Okay, we'll be back in just a moment here on The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM740. That's my my, uh, little impersonation of a uh, bird. (laughs) I'm trying to think of cardinal. 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 But you, yeah. yeah, okay. I was going to say, I've heard you do a better cardinal than yes, that. Yes, I know. I, yeah. I, I'm not in shape this morning. <laughs> Wake uh, up your mouth. Frank Proctor here, welcoming to the line Mrs. Farentino from Oakville. Hello and good morning. Oh, did you say Mrs.? Oh, well, I thought that yeah, we have a Mrs. on the board here. <laughs> That's right. You have her lesser half. Oh, uh, well. Mr. Mr. Farentino. Okay. Hi, Mr. Okay. Farentino. I have a, <laughs> she basically has a question about two common garden pests, uh, one the uh, loathsome uh, leather jackets and the other the wascally rabbits. And unless you've got a magic <laughs> wand that can have one eradicate the other, that would be great. Wouldn't it, though? Wouldn't it? But uh. if you can just give us something to write down about, uh, you know, yes, the, the scoot uh, only is so effective with the rabbits, but I don't know what we can do about those leather jackets, crane flies. Yeah, there. just to, so other people know what we're talking about, leather jackets are the larval form of crane flies. And so leather jackets are a, like a worm mm-hmm. uh, with a obviously very leathery skin, and they chew, uh, veg- they're vegetarians, they chew the roots of particularly grass and turf. The crane fly is the adult form, and of course a crane fly is the insect that looks like a really big mosquito, and we see them flying Mm -hmm. around. They don't do anything to us, but they do lay their eggs in the turf, and of course the eggs hatch and become leather jackets. To control those eating insects in your lawn, because they are there now, doing their eating now, there are nematodes available specifically for the control of leather jackets to be applied now. Uh, the limiting factor, of course, is soil temperature and soil moisture when it comes to any application of a live uh, insect. Or in the case of a nematode, you're going to be um, basically, uh, you know, sprinkling live eggs mm-hmm. onto the soil with, with the intention that they will, fi- you know, hatch and find leather jackets. So, of course, your application location and, as I say, the soil moisture and soil temperature are all very important when it comes to the application of the biological control. Controls. Uh, however, this is should be fine. Our temperature, soil temperatures have gone up. The moisture levels are great after the rain we've had. So, following the instructions, if you can get a hold of some of those nematodes today, I would go ahead and, and apply them today. You will find them at a good garden center. You can also get them over the internet from a company called Natural Insect Control. They do mail order uh, NIC. They're based in St. Catharines. 
so they will send, you know, Purolate or some some nematodes mm. to you as well. So you get those within what twenty four hours, forty eight hours, uh, and go that route. The bunny rabbit question's a different one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the, what are they chewing on in your garden? Oh, her lovely tender rose leaves. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm amazed. So those they don't usually go for roses. Anyway. I wouldn't think roses would be their first choice because they're nibbling up against the thorns when they're doing that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I know bunnies love euonymus. They do tend to just rape and pillage the euonymus. Okay. <clears throat> so you've been trying scoot as a way to try and keep them away, and you've been reapplying the scoot, and it, it's not really working. And she doesn't uh, particularly like the looks of her. You know, very fussy about dog hair and the mm. around her roses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <clears throat> for sure, you, I mean, it's pain to consider it, but the old uh, control in the form of a small fence, uh, uh, chicken wire type stuff, can help. But, it, you she know. does that, but the bigger ones are able to reach over and nibble. <laughs> Those are big bunnies you got <laughs> going Jack there. rabbits. Wow, yeah. <laughs> what about fox urine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, sometimes. And you can get that, of course, at the um, bait stores. It's and awfully difficult, though, to, to persuade those little foxes to, you know, give you a sample. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tough. There are people that, ha- that's their job. <laughs> they got it figured out. So fox urine can work, but of course, remember, and in the rain, anything washes away. Yep. Um, I'm going to sort of throw that out to our listeners. See if anybody out there wants to call in with a suggestion for you. And in the meantime, we'll uh, sort of keep our, our ears and eyes peeled and, and report back any suggestions on good bunny control. Because, uh, yeah, I I find sometimes it's a bait thing as well, bait and switch. Consider maybe putting some carrot, put some stuff out for them so that maybe they'll leave what your, your good stuff alone. We Throw it some... and they walk right by it. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah. You things. can't even bribe them. Son of a gun. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep the lines open, of course, and look for a possible solution from yeah. our listeners. Uh, thank you very much. As always. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay, Take care, Mr. Ferrantino. Well, it's crazy because yeah. we are at that time of year where it's, whether it's bunnies or it's raccoons uh, oh, yeah. or skunks or last week, remember, the pigeons. Mm-hmm. So we've got these, you know, pests out there that are large, furry, sometimes cute, but, cause, you know, wreaking havoc. So Speaking of cute, oh. at nine. <laughs> 20 and a half. Here I am. I have donned, uh, while you were speaking there, I quickly ran into a phone booth and uh, changed into my uniform. <laughs> yes, I am now. I have my latex outfit on. Uh, la- latex? No, latex. No. No. <laughs> My. Even better. <laughs> it's lycra, I think. Lycra. Or, That's what it was. Or, or spandex. With, my or, with the big S-S. Sierra Sil. It's, it's Sierra and, Sil, man. And I'm going to do my exercises right now. Push-ups. Here we go. And and the segue was cute. That's cute. the best part of this whole <laughs> shtick. <laughs> yeah, he's cute. All right, folks. You would love to see him. Yeah. Okay, what is Sierra Sil and why are we being so silly? Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to keep ourselves silly. No, active, pain-free and active because uh, many boomers wanting to maintain favorite pastimes, whether it's golfing or gardening or kickboxing yeah, yeah. or just being silly, want to be pain-free and be able to move and, and you know, laugh while we're doing it. So Sierra Sil works for us. Yep. 
It may work for you, and we would recommend it. Phone them, one eight seven seven joint 14 for information. Check them out on the web, sierrasill.ca. Good folks to deal with. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, or just pick up some Sierra Sill at your local health food store. It is available at all kinds of places. Hooper's Pharmacy in Brampton, the Natural Food Depot in Scarborough on Lawrence, and Port Credit Village Pharmacy. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor here, your sous chef, welcoming Hans from Scarborough on the line. Good morning, Hans. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Charlie and Frank. I have here a question. You mm. know, it's, I live here in Scarborough, mm. and uh, I, when I mow the grass, the garbage don't pick up the clippings anymore. Mm-hmm. And they say, put it on the lawn. It right. is for, good for the lawn. Right. And I did it, and my grass died. Right. <laughs> the clippings never dissolved. Well, so how... What can I do? Well, how tall was your lawn when you when you cut it? Like, was how big were the clippings? Well, with this with this uh, rain, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so on, and it's uh, well, no, it's a six six uh, was six inches like that. Okay, so he... I mow the grass all the time six inches. I don't want to get it lower than that. Oh, okay, so because the dandelions. Right. So you're saying you've got your mower set at a six inch height? Yeah, the highest. The highest. Wow, that is long. All right, so here's a couple things. One is make sure that your lawnmower has a blade that's called a mulching blade. Yeah. It's not just a regular blade that gives it a one yeah, cut. I, I, I can put that on a mulching blade, yeah. Right, so a mulching blade will hold the clippings up high and whip them around a few extra times in under the mower, chopping them up a few more times. So that yeah. helps make the clippings smaller, which uh-huh. means that they will fall down or should fall down and trickle in between the blades of grass and not just sit right on top and smother your lawn. That's number one. Number two, when you're cutting your lawn, never cut more than one third of the blade length at any one time. So if your final cut height is as tall as six inches, which is actually a a bit too tall, the rule of thumb is about three inches as your Uh final cut height. So so going to a final height of three inches, if we're only going to cut a third off at any one time, that means that every time our lawn is four inches high... We go in and we're going to cut an inch off. Yeah, we'll be yeah. removing, well, inch, inch and a quarter. We'll be removing between 25 and 30% of the height yeah. of the lawn with that mowing. Again, smaller, shorter pieces of blade. The little grass clippings should fall down and definitely contribute. They contribute organic material to the lawn, soil below the lawn. They contribute moisture to the lawn. They also contribute all the nutrients that are in the, the blades of grass. So the nitrogen, the phosphorus, the, the stuff you fertilize with goes right back into the soil when we leave the clippings on the lawn. So it is a good thing. If you find, though, you're it, it's just smothering, as you say, or um, it's sitting there, not it's starting to pile up and become a problem, Definitely consider uh, do it, adding top dressing your lawn with some good quality topsoil, some living topsoil with living microorganisms in the soil, which when you top dress with that soil 
will then put some life into your soil that your grass is growing in, and you'll find the clippings will break down much faster. Oh. Okay. Okay. There okay, you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your call. Oh, okay, yeah. Hans. Have, <laughs> have a great day in Scarborough. Thanks okay. so much for your call. And we have a beautiful morning going, too. We don't do. Just great. Rochelle in from Toronto. Good morning. Hi, Rochelle. Morning. Morning. I'm calling. Hi, Charlie. I'm calling about another pest, <laughs> and I heard a few weeks ago a woman was talking about uh, her neighbor had put cat food cans out, and she was also using a small can for earwigs, and she apparently was putting it around so that the earwigs climbed into the oil and couldn't get out. It sounded like a nice hands-free method of dealing with them, and I thought I'd better get your stamp of approval before I go out and buy a bunch of oil. (laughs) Okay, so actually, as I recall, the woman who called who was collecting and then dropping bugs into a Mm -hmm. little can was actually collecting, I think she was collecting lily leaf beetles. Uh, That's right. And dropping them into a little can. And with a little bit of oil in the water, the the beetles would drop in, of course, and they can't break out through that oil, that viscous top layer on the water. So that was, uh, they would drown. They were stuck under under the oil layer. With earwigs, I think you'll find, remember how earwigs work. They are nocturnal insects. So they are out partying and prancing and dancing and chewing all night. Soon as the sun starts to come up, they dive for cover. They're looking for a nice dark spot to spend the day, wait till the sun goes down and come out again. Now, of course, tonight with the big full moon, maybe the earwigs won't even come out because it's going to be so bright. But nevertheless, generally speaking, they want to come out at night. So one of the ways we control earwigs is we provide a place for them to go during the day. It can be just a piece of empty hose. Uh, You know, you've got some old hose kicking around, cut it up into two-foot lengths, lay pieces of hose around your garden where you know you've got earwigs, and you'll find that they will climb into that hose and sleep there all day. But they'll come out again at night. So your job during the day is to empty those hoses. All you do is tilt them up. There's where your can comes in. Mm -hmm. You've got your can. You've got a little bit of water, (laughs) drop of oil. Tilt the pieces of hose up, you know, bang the little end of the hose. All the little earwigs slide out of the hose into that can and now are immersed in that oil and water liquid and are drowning. If you don't empty the hose, then all you're doing is providing a hotel for the earwigs. And they're going to happily stay there every day (laughs) calling for room service and then be out (laughs) at night uh, prancing and, and eating your garden. Now, does the room service consist of climbing up a tree and nibbling on the outsides of the leaves? It's mm-hmm. a small tree. Yep, yep. They and, love... And the leaves are just munched all around. It could be earwigs. They do. That's exactly what they do. They chew the edges, the petals, edges of petals and leaves. So they'll do like a pinking shear edge on your... Get the most succulent part of the Yeah, the clematis. They'll do it on all kinds of flowers. Suddenly it's like, wow, that looks really odd. That (laughs) plant's not supposed to look like that. It's all frayed and frazzled on the edges. So it Mm -hmm. could be earwigs doing that. It's only that particular tree. That's why I'm curious about it. Well, one way to find out is lay out a little place for them to hide in during the day and check, make sure, see if there are earwigs in there during the day. 
Yeah, it sounds gross, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's actually, if you say so, it, I'll do it. It's quite fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. Re- <laughs> re- report back. The earwig, the, our earwig specialist. Patrol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very Good much. Good luck with that, Rochelle. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Right. 9.30, right on the button here on The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. And I know we have a special guest we waiting do. by. Hmm. We do. Uh, we're very sort of lucky. Uh, Peter Cantley of the Loblaw Corporation, he's the vice president of Floral, Lawn, and Garden, is in Windsor. He's working nonstop because it's that time of year, seven days a week. He's in the Windsor store, but he's just taken a few minutes out of his crazy day to give us a little bit of an inside scoop on what What's going on at Loblaw? Blah. Good morning, Peter. Hey, good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm well. Peter, Hi. this is Frank. Hi, Peter. Hi, Frank. Nice to have you on the show. It's great to be here. So how are things down in Windsor? Well, it's a little cool and cloudy at the moment. Uh, we were, you know, it was nice and warm and sunny in, uh, when we left Toronto this morning, but it's kind of cool and cloudy here. But, uh, you know, they're promising that it's going to get nicer this afternoon. I would think. We're it, ready. Yeah, be warmer there. Are you ready? Yeah, that's the thing. Are you ready for the onslaught for the crowds? We sure are. This is, this is it. This is the weekends are really starting well, to pick up, aren't they? One of them, yeah. So tell us. Now, I did, I was lucky. I was part of uh, some garden writers that were provided an opportunity to see some of the wonderful new products and plants that Loblaw is offering to gardeners this year. So Peter's going to give us a few little tidbits. One that I, I mentioned earlier, Peter, in the show was some of the tropical plants right. that are available for very easy pickup, take home, and beauty. And I'll tell you, my mom is loving the gardenia tree I that I took to her. I if you got, you got yourself a gardenia. Oh, for my mom. She loves gardenias. Yeah, I know so, the fragrance is just amazing, and that's what we love about these mm-hmm. tropical plants. They, they are grown in in, uh, in Florida City, we, and we've uh, we found out this fabulous grower down there, uh, Jose. I'm sure you met him mm-hmm. at the, uh, at the uh, event, and uh, he is just like impeccable. The nursery is impeccable. It's just like one plant after another. They're all exactly the same. I've mm-hmm. never seen anything like it, and so. He grows them there, and then we bring them up here, and we use one of our um, one of our uh, greenhouse growers to bring them in and, and, and climatize them. Because the challenge often has been when you when we brought in the past mm-hmm. uh, product right out of Florida and bring it right directly to the garden center, they don't like that trip up here. Well, it's pretty dramatic. It is it's five mm-hmm. days on a truck, and then huge no light. light. Yeah, the differences are so different for you know so, light differences. Yeah. And so the, the leaves would fall off, and the flowers would you know would fall off. And mm-hmm. so now we get them in here. We get them in for weeks and bring them in and mm-hmm. climatize them and uh, bring them back to life, and then just they have a very short trip uh, from the local greenhouse into our garden centers. And so it's a much better thing. But I'll tell you, the, the, he, Jose has developed some fabulous things. Um, you know, you saw, talked about the gardenia, which, I mean, the fragrance is amazing. And the blooms, he's, he's done some tricks so that you can get bloom after bloom after bloom all, you know, for months in your, uh, in your, uh, in your garden. So, say it's the patio, the deck, the balcony, and whatever. And that, there's nothing like this. Well, my, my mom told me, I mean, I, I took her the gardenia last Tuesday. She said she's had multi, like the blooms are just, they're still yeah. there and they keep opening. Oh, yeah, and there's just, lots of buds coming. Yeah, so that's lots the great of thing buds. about those. I'm just looking at a picture of the, mm-hmm. the tree itself, uh, Peter, and it's gorgeous. Well, the hibiscus, yeah. look at the multicolored yeah, hibiscus. The, and the hi- yeah, the multicolored hibiscus, and you see how it has a braided trunk on it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there's, three, there's three separate plants in there. They braid the trunk. And so it flowers with a pink one and a yellow one and a red one. It's almost like this, this hibiscus bouquet on one plant. Wow. Yeah. And that's a nice big size plant, too. And so those are really fabulous. And those are new and exclusive for, to us mm-hmm. uh, from Jose. So that's great. That's cool. And Mand- Med- Med- not Medinilla, Mandevilla. Mandevilla, yeah. That's have, a popular have, again, one. Again, the same thing where he mixes a couple of plants together. So, so you're getting not just one color, but a couple of great colors on there. And I think that's... That's what's really cool about uh, about these things. But you know the quality of, of the products that uh, that he brings up 
And that seems to be the secret that you have touched mm-hmm. upon is getting to the right person, that right contact, mm-hmm. uh, and, and making that connection. Well, that's, that's exactly right. And we, you know, we make sure that, uh, you know, that, we're, that we're working with the best growers. I mean, over the years, I hate to use this expression, but we've weeded out you know, some of the bad growers. Uh, <laughs> and you've yeah. had lots of experience with this because you're 20 years doing this, really, aren't you? Yeah, it's 28 years. Oh, uh, 28. Blah, blah, this September, so it's been there a while. Yeah. We've been working with uh, doing this all, this, uh, all these uh, new garden stuff. And you that's know what, what's, what's happened is you build a relationship with the breeders and the growers and, and all of that, and, and you know, especially with the breeders, the, the people that are developing new things. And we get, we get some of the greatest new things and new developments out there that uh, that you know that other folks don't have. Right. Lots of exclusives and and uh, and again, if we're looking and bringing in the, the best quality, uh, you know that's uh, that's really what uh, what I think works over the years uh, to really bring the uh, the customers back because they know that what they can count on us for. I was going to say you've built your reputation. We and, have, and we you have know, on, you guys do plant material. Great yeah, job sure. in the stores. I mean, you have yeah. great staff as well in the stores. Trained staff, Many of them, yeah. master gardeners on year. site. Yep, we have uh, in some of the stores. We uh, we employ local uh, folks from the local hort society mm-hmm. to come in and, and answer questions. And some of them have been with us for I know years, years and years. years. They love it. But yeah. but just going back to these tropicals for yeah. a minute. I mean, the, I think the thing that attracted me about this is it's so easy. You know, exactly right. it's not a super expensive plant. Go yeah. into your Loblaw store while you're grocery shopping. You pick up one of these tropicals. You bring it home. You've got an instant garden. It's in yeah, bloom yeah. from the minute you. It's sunny now. You. Do need sunny location, yeah. terrace, deck, mm-hmm. front, front of your house, back of your house. My mom's got a solarium, so it's it's oh, inside. Amazing! You can't imagine this gardenia inside the okay. solarium. Well, it, it would just it would just fill the air with the fragrance. I know. I think my dad's gonna have something to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom's in heaven. That's all that matters. That's it's her birthday. Happy. On the tropical thing too, yeah. you know what we what we have this year, which is kind of interesting and cool. We tried a few last year, and the, and the response was amazing. Is actually a mixed tropical planter. I mean, we do a lot of mm-hmm. annual tro- uh, annual uh, planters, mixed planters. and pre-planted. Yeah, right. But this now we have one this year. It's got a money tree in the center, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing. People just you know, it's good luck and they love that plant. But it's a mixture of tropical plants, and you can put it. In this one you don't need a lot of bright sunlight for. It's can right. work in place. It's got a bit of bit of shade and. And, and so you've got a mixture of these wonderful tropical plants that are they're all grouped together. They'll continue to grow like that through the springtime, uh, through the summer. Uh, and then when the, when the fall comes and starts getting cold, you can bring it inside, put it in a bright window, and mm-hmm. it can continue to go. And that's really cool. Or oh, take it that's apart, good. replant it all up, and now you've got a bunch of different tropical plants. Yeah, that's right. So that's really designed as a, a tr- an indoor-outdoor, because mm-hmm. exactly. uh, it is like a house plant that's in the center. Yeah. However, keep in mind, I mean, all those hibiscus and gardenias, those things should all be able to survive oh, yeah. inside, given the proper care for the winter and be back outside next spring, and, no problem. Yeah, it's the, it's the plant that keeps on giving. Yeah. It works great. Now, you've got all kinds of new and exclusive, so we won't get into too many details about all that. But the other thing I just wanted to mention that really jumped out at me when I was looking at some of the new things was uh, a very neat, it's a plastic, uh, molded plastic garden, uh, self-watering, large planter, very much designed for vegetables. Yes. Though you could grow anything in it, but it's really designed for vegetables because it's got a trellis and you can sort of grow things up or hold tomatoes into it, that sort of thing. So wonderful space saving or for balcony growers. That's right. Even if you've got the tiniest of space, you can have fresh vegetables, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tomatoes especially, peppers, all that stuff. And it's it's quite a nice size. It's about 26 inches long, 19 inches wide, Mm -hmm. 10 inches deep. 
And so, it, you know, it can hold a fairly large volume of soil, and uh, you can put it out on the patio, you can put it on the balcony, and anybody can be gardening. And it has this wonderful metal superstructure on it there that holds the taller vegetables. Which you know, is important. Yeah, yeah. It, it sure fits in well with a little fact that I uncovered uh, just the other day, and I'll save it for, and this is a perfect time to unleash it now, 24% of Canadians apparently are growing produce in their gardens due to the current economy. So, you know, they're saving money and they're having fresh fruit or, or vegetables mm-hmm. right there on their balcony or in the garden. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everybody talks today about, you know, the 100-mile diet and growing close to home and all yeah. that. I mean, how much how much closer to home can you get than out in your... Just, <laughs> That's uh, right. I know. Where well, you've got complete control over everything. And, you know, there's also that wonderful statistic, you know, a dollar twenty nine package of tomato seeds can give you, you know, $500 worth of tomatoes, <laughs> you know, when you get into the organic and the, you know, super expensive. But, Frank, you mentioned berries. I mean, we were saying vegetables. Mm-hmm. W- one more thing I just wanted to mention. Um, Loblaw is introducing a brand new berry called the Hascap berry. What's that all about, Peter? Well, the Hascap is de- was developed uh, in, uh, at the University of Saskatchewan, and we actually had Dr. Uh, Bob Bors mm-hmm. at, uh, at our event on, uh, on Tuesday, and, and uh, he was telling us a fascinating story. I mean, it's, it's, it's new to, to us and new to, uh, to everybody. And new to yeah, everybody. Yeah. But he says it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years, almost, <laughs> so living in the, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the swampland and whatever in, in, in nor- the northern part of Canada. And That's right. The great thing about it is that, you know, they've gone and they've, uh, they've done the hybridizing and they've, and they've made some berries that, you know, that really are, you know, what's, what's different, especially, is, are the, is the great taste. Mm-hmm. And the taste is between, you know, raspberry, blueberry, that kind of Saskatoon berry, yeah. And they're, mm. and, but the great thing about it is it's absolutely hardy. And he's saying it's hardy. I mean, it grows... Way up in northern Canada, he's already does like zone zero. Yeah, exactly. Zone, zone zero, is zone, zone one. I mean, we're talking, you know, <laughs> yeah. Frobisher Bay here. Like it's exactly. <laughs> Ellesmere Island. Grow some berries. And so, and and one bush will give you, you know, once it gets going, it can, it, can, it will provide you. He was telling, talking to us mm-hmm. about even up to seven or eight kilograms of fruit off of one bush, which yeah. is a lot of fruit. It's wow! Right. And they are the first ones to come into fruit. He said even earlier than strawberries, he's noticed them in his trials and stuff. So this is the earliest. Well, I, earliest of flower, flower earliest of fruit. Isn't that what, amazing? It's a, it's wacky too because you think it'd be the opposite. Yeah. something that lives in the far yeah, north would exactly. be later because it would be protecting its, you know, flowering I bet, later. I bet it's because they know that they don't have much time. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. It's <laughs> right. You're right. Well, I'm a fan of making a smoothie in the morning and throwing yeah. fruit in there. This would be perfect. Oh, it's you'd love high, this. Very high in antioxidants. And, mm-hmm. You know, this is the latest thing. There you go. And, Super uh, healthy. It's kind of cool because our, now our our folks in our produce department, uh, the people that are doing the buying for. Uh, or our produce business are very interested in finding out more about this because it's actually soon to become a commercial crop. So mm-hmm. here we are on the leading edge, and, and uh, people that go shopping in our garden centers can be on the leading edge of what's going on in the new... Uh, and the berry, the berry we're talking about is the Hascap, Hascap. berry. Yeah, yeah, crazy name, eh? Hascap. Yeah. Try and remember that. H-A-S-K-A-P, Hascap. Yeah. Hascap. Okay. The, and the one thing, a little addendum we should just add in is, just as with many of the fruiting plants, yep. you must have two different cultivars two in different. close proximity to each other because they do rely on cross-pollination. Exactly. For maximum uh, yield, anyway. Yeah. 
So but, you know, just convince your neighbor to buy a dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. That's a neat idea. Good man. Yeah. All right. Uh, Frank's on that because <laughs> he's got a balcony, so he's going to get his neighbor yes, on the other yeah, balcony right. to get a hazcap as well. <laughs> All right. Well, and so the the big insiders report comes out this Friday in everybody's yes. newspaper. This Friday. Yep. In, there and boy, it's filled with all kinds of wonderful things. I'll tell you, I can hardly wait. Yeah, so I, you know, you think you're busy this weekend? I guess heads up on next weekend. <laughs> Look, I, I know, I know. So, and of course, the Insiders report comes out in an, a digital format as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, Same so, date, so people, so people can, uh, you know, if you haven't already subscribed well, to blah blah. and you can find it. There you go. So, good luck with all that. Have a wonderful hey, spring, thanks. Peter. Thanks very much. You too. And yeah. thanks so much for for chatting us, letting us know what's great. going on. Great, great talking to you. Pleasure right. meeting you, Peter. Have a good Take day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, wow, wow, what an information-packed little yeah, session that was. I I, I'm really cool on those uh, berries, the Hascap berries. That's super. I know. You know what? And I have um, I tasted some of the jam. Mm. It's really good. It's, re- it's sweet, but it, you can tell it's yeah, yeah. meaty. You know, it's, got, it's not just pure sugar. It's got real, like you said, antioxidants. It's, yeah. it's healthy. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, good <laughs> on us. Speaking of good for you. Good for you. Uh, that's a natural lead into my next little... Uh, not, don't wear the lycra this. I no, mean, don't wear the latex. Like, no, I'm, I'm in my lycra outfit now with the SS on the chest. Here oh, I am, a super Sierra Sil guy. Sierra Sil man. <laughs> yes. Good thing he took off that latex, man. He oh was really God. starting. That's, sweat. I was getting strange looks from our producer, too. Yeah. Dave Gaskin. Yeah. <laughs> Dave was covering his eyes. <laughs> Sierra. Oh, oh too my. silly. Okay, Sierra Sill is a 100% natural mineral from the Sierra Mountains that's put into a pill form. And for those of you that may be like Frank and I, just, you know, the knees get a little creaky, the elbows, the wrists, any any joints that have any pain attached to them at all can be alleviated with Sierra So Three little pills every day. The uh, people that actually make and, and produce the Sierra So believe that you will... Be, you will feel better, and if you don't, they'll give you 14 days, and if you don't feel better within 14 days, it's a full money-back guarantee, which is where the phone number comes from. So if you more information, you can give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 Lots of good information on the website, sierrasill.ca, or pick up Sierra Sill in your local natural food store. They are all over the place, including Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and in Thornhill, and also Essence of Life on Kensington Avenue in Toronto. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And this is the sous chef of the uh, Garden Show, Frank Proctor, welcoming Francesca from Toronto. I love that name, Francesca. Mm. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, spider plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leaves are turning. The tips. The tips mm-hmm. are turning brown. What's, I moved it from. Um, well, let me see. I was having it on the coffee table on a cake pedestal thing because mm-hmm. of, you know. The yeah, it likes to trail. Yeah, whatever. And it faces uh, my the, the front of the house faces west and now i've moved it on top of the fridge where it faces east mm. 
Well, the nice thing about spider plants is they can grow in very different light levels, as you've pointed out. Uh, I'm just trying to get rid of the brown tip. Well, the western light is nice and bright late in the day, and of course the eastern is much much gentler light. The brown tips are not connected to the light levels, though. They are connected to the water. So the wa- watering too much or watering too little? No, it's you might be watering the perfect amount. It's the minerals in. You're using tap water when yeah, you water. Yeah. It's, Should I use It's other the chlorine kind of in your water. I'm sorry. It's the chlorine or the fluoride. Oh, so should I um, let it sit for a while? Or? Definitely, definitely water with not only tepid water but water that's been sitting out for at least 24 hours. How about prefer- distilled water. Well, distilled is actually the best. Oh, okay. And that is, yeah. It's such a cool spider plant because it's, it's got, it doesn't have the straight leaves. It's got more of a wave to them. Oh, neat. Yeah, mm. so I've never seen that, that mm. one before. My brother had it, and he gave me the, one of the spider lots, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Neat. And he grew it, and okay. So, so in the meantime, just get out your little scissors, trim off anything brown. Yeah. It, how long has the plant been in that pot that it's in now? Oh, no, he just put it in there. Oh, okay, um, so he just actually put it, uh, no, it's fine. Should it be okay. root-bound or should it be tight? Do they like tight? Yeah, you can it... allow it to get quite root-bound. I was just going to say, if it's been in the soil for quite a long time, it could have a fair amount of mineral buildup in the soil. So that's oh. what I was going to say. You could do a um, either a transplanting or a flushing of the, the salts out of the water, out of the no, soil. just gave this to me but, like a couple of months ago. Yeah, so main thing is, yeah, well, avoid maybe using... Not a months ago, maybe around January, something like that. Yeah. And yeah. how often do you water? Probably every 10 days, two weeks? Well, I water, oh, I water every week. No, eh? Do you? No. Water, don't water in the calendar. Water on feeling the soil or the weight of the pot. Oh, okay. You should find that plants will use more water now in the spring and summer than they do in the winter. Now, just because light levels. Uh, not to name names, but should I use Miracle Grow or some of those fertilizers or no? Not a bad idea. I mean, the plant will get that much bigger, that much faster if you fertilize. Okay. So, you know, if you want it big and fat and juicy, definitely consider fertilizing. Miracle Grow is a good choice once a month okay. during the growing season. So, once a month, March to and, September. Okay, and they do go dormant? They slow right down, and that's why we don't fertilize in the winter because that's again where you can get so salt buildup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, would you mind also uh, reviewing your email? So. Uh, oh sure, absolutely. Because uh, uh, you know may want to get back to you. Sure, uh, and we're going to have another show sometime too. With we deal with only maybe email questions, but uh, Charlie's email address here at the station is C as in Charlie, uh-huh. and then Dobbin D O B B I N at A M seven forty. Dot C-A. Okay, I had it calm. Okay, okay. Well, I, I had it all right, right. except the. No, oh, she's anything oh, but calm. Thanks, thanks. She's anything but calm. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's CA. Yep, yes, it that's is. That's right. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you thanks, so Francesca. much. Thanks, Francesca. Okay, nine fifty. I knew there was a reason I kept you around as the sous chef well, under gardener. You've got you my are. email address on the tip like of your tongue. That. Like that, you are good. That. I am sharp it today. It must be that latex that's <laughs> well, doing I, it to oh, you. <laughs> that's not. That's not go there. Oh, gee. Uh, we have to take another b- bit of a break here, but we will return to have a chat with Eva after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on this beautiful Saturday morning, let's welcome Eva from Mississauga to the line. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. My question is about the hibiscus. Mm-hmm. I have aphids. Mm. I get rid of them. Are you talking about a tropical hibiscus? Mm. Like it's a hibiscus inside your house? Inside the house. It's oh. in the solarium. Okay, so why? What do the what do the aphids look like? 
little tiny specks. Okay, what color? Green, light green. Oh. All right, and are they clustered on the tips of the yes, plant? Yes, they are on the bud. That's interesting that you would have aphids, and it hasn't been outside yet this year at all. No, it hasn't. Have you brought any new plants into your house in the last month or so? Um, some time back, yes, I did. Mm. Yeah, aphids are just a funny thing to suddenly get inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, more commonly, we get white fly actually on hibiscus inside that seem to come Seems out of the woodwork. Like maybe they've hitched a ride on something else. Though, perhaps, right? or yeah. perhaps they were like completely dormant and just conditions. The way it works with aphids, aphids love new growth, new tender succulent growth. Aphids suck the juices from the plant. So oh. when plants start to grow in the spring with all those nice tender shoots, the aphids Aphids flock to those little tips, and uh, and that's ex- probably exactly what's going on. So you have two options. Option one, uh, and you might want to potentially do both these things. One is to use your pruners and trim off the tips, being very careful to, um, when you're trimming, take those cut tips and put them into a green garbage bag uh, or, you know, at least eliminate them from your home so that the aphids will go outside and not be inside. Okay. So that will get rid of some of them. That won't get rid of all of them. but that And that is appropriate if perhaps your hibiscus needs trimming. This is a good time to do it if you haven't mm. done it this spring at all. It doesn't have many leaves on the plant. Okay. And the leaves it has are on the tips probably. Okay. Is it is it a tree or a bush? It's a plant in a Flat yeah. Okay. Um, so that I mean, that's one way to get more leaves. You'll find that by trimming the tips, even if you're just nipping with your thumbnail the very last quarter inch of each of the stems, removing you know two leaves or three leaves, uh, you will have some impact on causing the plant to bush out, which is what you want. You want it to be bushier and more leaves. Right. Plus, you'll be removing some of the aphids. As well, I would spray that plant. Now, it's up to you whether you spray with a soap solution or... Safer. Yeah, okay. So if you've got safer soap on hand, then what you'll do is take the plant into the bathroom, put it in the bathtub, uh, follow the instructions on the soap. It should be a, a mix already. I imagine you've got it in a spritzer bottle and it's right. pre-mixed. So you will spray, and I'm suggesting the bathroom just because you don't want to get soap all over your furniture, and or take it outside. Spray thoroughly. You must contact every square inch of that plant. Underneath the leaves, on top of the leaves, the stem, the bark, the surface of the soil, everything has to get spritzed with the soapy solution. And it's the, when the bodies of the insects are coated in soap, they will die. Do I need to cover that with the plastic? Nope. Do not cover with plastic and do not spray in the sun. So if you do take this plant outside to do your spraying, only spray it in the shade. Okay. Let the soap sit uh, sit there for half an hour or so. Then get out clean water if you like. Give it a rinse with clearing cl- to cleanse off the soap. And are you planning for this plant to be outside, or are you going to keep it inside all summer? I'm in a solarium. Right. So you're staying inside. So mm-hmm. you're in the bathroom. You give it a rinse, and then you're back into the solarium. But double check that no other plants have any evidence of aphids. Okay. Okay. If they do, then same process for them. I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. The person who was having problems with rabbits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? In the Indian store, you can get uh, neem oil. Good idea. So could that not be used as a spray? Because neem is very bitter. 
That's right. And it smells. It's got a real strong smell. So it might be something that would keep the bunnies away, particularly from the roses. And neem is typically used as a plant shine, but it's also used as a contact insecticide. Uh, We use it for the lily leaf beetles we were talking about. So it's an idea. Some neem oil mixed with water sprayed on that lower 8 or 12 inches of things like the roses where our caller was having issues with bunnies chewing might be a good idea. Certainly wouldn't hurt the roses. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks for that. Thank you, Eva. Uh, appreciate appreciate the suggestions yes, as do. always. Yeah. Well, we've had a busy show here, and we've still uh, got callers on the line. So let's get to it once See, again. Yeah, here. we can go fast. It's Grafton Pat. and Pat. We know Pat. She's Pat. called before. Yes, yes indeed. Good morning. Morning. Hi, Pat. I'll be quick. Um, first of all, my cherry trees that I transplanted, the mm. large ones, mm-hmm. appear to have survived quite nicely. The blossoms. Uh, you know, they, they were affected, but I don't know if that was from the move or from the weather. I was going to say, well, that was not a good time for that cold, cold weather because everything was in bloom. Right. But that's great. Good. Anyway, they look good. they got leaves. They're thriving. Nice. My question is about spring bulbs. Mm-hmm. How soon can I dig them up? I need to move them, separate them, and mine are later than everybody else's. I don't know why my daffodils are just now coming out. <laughs> Maybe you planted them deeper than everybody else. Well, that could be. Didn't you have like that whole renovation going on with the driveway? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, maybe your grades changed and they're, they ended up being a couple inches deeper than everybody else's. No, I haven't. Well, I haven't moved them since I put them in. Okay. So anyway, I know you're supposed to leave the, mm-hmm. the like the leaves on them till they die. That's... But if I dig them up mm-hmm. when they're finished blooming mm-hmm. and leave the leaves attached, mm-hmm. is that the same? It's not as good, but it's better than nothing. Okay. But remember, leave the leaves attached and leave the plants where they're going to get some light so they will continue to absorb that sunshine and translate it into carbohydrates to fatten the bulbs for next year. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would do if I were you. Okay. Thanks. And uh, nematodes are now available at Canadian Tire. Oh, that's interesting. Just make sure that at this time of year, the nematodes you're using are for leather jackets. There yes. are uh, different grubs, sorry, different nematodes for grubs, which may be for sale as well. And I would not waste my money on those because they aren't going to do you any good. Exactly. At this time I of year. I remember that from previous shows. Excellent. Okay. Thank Thanks, you so Pat. much. I'll go and let somebody else have a turn. Okay. okay thank Thanks you very much. Well, as Bye. it turns out, uh, son of a gun, I think there's that's no the, more time. But you know, yeah, we're Pat reminded me of something, and that is Larry Shirk, a friend of the show, mm-hmm. reminded me when I saw him earlier this week to remind everybody who's listening with bulbs. Once your bulbs have finished flowering, your spring bulbs, don't forget, we fertilize. That's one of the ways we help them to rejuvenate and fatten up for next year. So sprinkling out a little bulb food or whatever way you're going to get out that fertilizer, now is the time to fertilize your bulbs. Excellent idea. All right. And on this last little few seconds, I I hope everybody enjoys that big fat full moon tonight. I know. That's going to be exciting to kind of watch. So it's worth checking it out as it breaks the horizon. It's going to be monster. And then what is it, about 11.15? tonight, 11.20. I think that's the optimum That's optimum, time, yeah. so try and stay awake. Okay. We're all outside <laughs> measuring Good. the moon. All right. Charlie, Thanks. once again, a pleasure. We're getting set for uh, Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, I can hear them revving their engines. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. You're a wonderful sous chef. I couldn't do it without you. God bless you. And David Gaskin. He's the best producer. Couldn't do it without him either. So thanks to everybody for all the great calls, and we'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.